Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS with Fiona. I do apologise, it's been a long time, there's been a lot going on. I've had COVID, I've created a reading course for IELTS, Keith, Keith's IELTS Speaking Success and my mum fell and broke her femur, so I'm so sorry for the delay, but I'm back and just for a change today, I'm going to do a listening practice. Uh, the listening's from book 15 and it's a part four. So this is in the Members Academy mock test library if you're in the Members Academy. If not, let me just share my tips with you for this part four. The title is The Early History of Keeping Clean. And to be honest, I think it's pretty easy. There's lots of things here to help you. And at the end, I want you to look at the list of answers. It's all gap fill. It's all one word only. And I want you to tell me what you notice about all of the words in the gap fill. I wonder if you can guess them pretty easily as well. So I think I mentioned the title is The Early History of Keeping Clean. And there are about uh, seven headings, which really helps you keep your place. It goes chronologically from prehistoric times. That's the first heading. Then ancient Babylon, ancient Greece. Ancient Germany and Gaul, ancient Rome, and these. So there's five uh, headings all about ancient civilizations. You know how much I talk about this as a favorite IELTS topic. They absolutely love it, and also ancient is one of those. Um, well, it's one of my 100 most mispronounced words. You can get the full list and the 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 video as well now on my shop, in my shop. Um, and then the next heading is Europe in the Middle Ages and Europe from the 17th century. So those headings go chronologically in order of time and they make this listening really easy to follow. Let's look at some of the gaps. So basically, when you quickly skim it, you'll see it's all about really a soap how they started to use soap, how they manufactured it, and so on. So the first gap, 31, says water was used to wash off something. So remember, we're talking about prehistoric times. What did they have to wash off? And we're looking for a noun. So let me read that first bit to you. It says, nowadays we use different products for personal cleanliness, laundry, dishwashing and household cleaning. But this is very much a 20th century development. The origins of cleanliness date back to prehistoric times. There's your key word, prehistoric times. Since water is essential for life, the earliest people lived near water and knew something about its cleansing properties, at least that it rinsed mud off their hands. So it rinsed mud off their hands. 
In fast speech, it rinsed mud off their hands, I guess. But mud is the answer there. It's very guessable. And what do you notice about it? It's a kind of commodity. It's a substance. It's uncountable. And I'd like you to notice how much this comes up throughout the listening. So the next heading is Ancient Babylon. And the next gap says soap-like material. Soap-like has a hyphen, meaning it's like soap. Found, remember this is in note form, so you, you don't get all the auxiliary verbs so or articles. So it should be a soap-like material was found in, and the space, cylinders. So what kind of cylinders did they find this soap-like material? Listen carefully because there's a really important trick here. During the excavation of ancient Babylon, evidence was found that soap-making was known as early as 2800 BC. Archaeologists discovered cylinders made of clay. Cylinders made of clay. So you're listening for something which describes the cylinders and you hear cylinders made of clay. So you have to be careful not to miss that because there's no adjective to describe the cylinders. The answer, of course, then is clay, clay cylinders. Notice again, clay, like mud, it's a kind of substance. It's uncountable. Notice also the spelling, which if you don't know the word, could be difficult, I think. So it's C-L-A-Y. And then it gives you a bit of breathing time. It says cylinders made of clay with inscriptions on them saying that fats were boiled with ashes. So this gets you used to the language you're going to need. Fat and ashes. This is a method of making soap, though there's no reference to the purpose of this material. The next title is about ancient Greece. So we're listening for something about Greece and Greek people. It gives you the first bullet point. It says, people cleaned themselves with sand and other substances. So notice the whole listening really is about substances. It's about soap, clay, mud, sand, and so on. We'll, we'll hear some more. And it says that they used a strigil. Now, I don't know what a strigil is. You don't need to. Just before you listen, just see it there and get ready to anticipate this funny word. Strigil? Strigil? I'm not sure. And it says a strigil is a scraper made of something. Again, something which is made of something. So we're just looking for that substance. What was this scraper, this strigil made of? So it doesn't actually say ancient Greece. It says the early Greeks. So you have to make that connection. The early Greeks bathed for aesthetic reasons and apparently didn't use soap. 
Can I interrupt for a moment there? Because I love that word, aesthetic reasons. It's a really useful one um, when you get maybe task two essays talking about uh, the importance of historic buildings or even in the speaking test, it often asks you about your opinion. Should we uh, build new buildings or keep the old ones? And one good reason to keep old buildings is for aesthetic purposes. It's a funny spelling, A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C, aesthetic. And it means just for looking good. So the early Greeks bathed for aesthetic reasons and apparently didn't use soap. So they didn't, they didn't bathe to stay clean. Instead, they cleaned their bodies with blocks of sand, we got that, remember, pumice and ashes. So those are the other substances. Then anointed themselves with oil and scraped off the oil and dirt with a metal instrument known as a strigil. Now, again, it almost comes back to front. So if you miss that whole sentence, a metal instrument known as a strigil, then you've missed the whole thing. And you have to be prepared for this in part four. So we know now that a strigil was a metal instrument, an instrument made of, and the gap fill answer is metal. They also used oil mixed with ashes Clothes were washed without soap in streams. That's give you to give you a bit of thinking time, but it's also a bullet point. It says washed clothes in streams. So the next heading is ancient Germany and Gaul. And the bullet point says they used soap to colour their something. So what noun do you think in ancient Germany they coloured. Think about other words for coloured. You maybe dye, maybe clothes, for example. So they used soap to colour or dye something. Let's listen. The ancient Germans and Gauls are also credited with discovering how to make a substance called soap made of melted animal fat and ashes. They used this mixture to tint their hair red, to tint their hair red, to tint meaning to colour, to dye. What did they dye? They dyed their hair. So remember, only one word. Don't put red, just put hair. H-A-I-R. The next heading is ancient Rome. And it says... The first bullet point is animal fat, ashes and clay. Oh, you've got the spelling of clay there. So if you heard it in 32, now you've got the correct spelling. So animal fat, ashes and clay mixed through action of rain used for washing clothes. And then forget that one because that's given to you. The next one we're listening for is a number from about 312 BC. So get ready to hear that number. It looks like 312, but in pronunciation, you'll hear 312, 312 BC. 
water was carried to Roman something by aqueducts. So the water was carried. What do we know about the Romans? What, what did they do with water and the aqueducts? So it says, um, soap got its name according to an ancient Roman legend from Mount Sapo, where animals were sacrificed, leaving deposits of animal fat. Rain washed these deposits along with wood ashes down into the clay soil along the river Tiber. Women found that this mixture greatly reduced the effort required to wash their clothes. So that was the first bullet point. You don't need any of that. What you need is this 312. So as Roman civilization advanced, so did bathing. The first of the famous Roman baths, supplied with water from their aqueducts, was built around 312 BC. Now, the answer came in the first part of the sentence, before 312 BC. It said, the first of the famous Roman baths, so B-A-T-H-S, plural, supplied with water from their aqueducts, was built around 312 BC. Now, don't worry if you missed that because the next line gives you help. It says, the baths were luxurious and bathing became very popular. So I think you could probably get it the second time if you missed it the first time, but you could probably guess. The only thing well, sorry, no. Romans are famous for many things, but when it comes to water and aqueducts, they were famous for Roman baths. And then we're coming up to the pause. It says, by the second century AD, the Greek physician Galen recommended soap for both medicinal and cleansing purposes. Then there's a pause and we go into the second half. And the title is Europe in Middle Ages. The gap is this. Decline in bathing contributed to occurrence of something. So in the Middle Ages, you can probably guess that when people stopped washing and kept and cleaning, what happened? What happened in the Middle Ages that we, we probably know about? So it says, after the fall of Rome in 467 AD and the resulting decline in bathing habits, it actually says decline in bathing in both the text and the answers. So you know where you are. Much of Europe felt the impact of filth, filth is another word for dirt, on public health. You probably know filthy, meaning very dirty. It's a good extreme adjective. This lack of personal cleanliness and related unsanitary living conditions, lovely collocation, unsanitary living conditions, were major factors in the outbreaks of disease in the Middle Ages, especially the Black Death 
of the 14th century. Now, since COVID, you've probably heard a lot more about the Black Death and the plague in the Middle Ages. So hopefully you were able to guess that the decline in bathing contributed to the occurrence of, and the answer is disease. In the text, it's singular disease, but they also accept diseases because it's the same thing. It's grammatically correct. Another nice grammar point there, it says these unsanitary living conditions were major factors in. I've got a blog about this, uh, a reason for a factor in these prepositions which help you in task two. Um, next one is question 37. And something began to be added to soap. So again, what are you listening for? A substance which was added to soap. Let's see what it was. Can you guess? Nevertheless, soap making became an established craft in Europe and associations of soap makers guarded their trade secrets closely. That's such a typical IELTS uh, issue. We've had that with um, silkworms and oh, what else? The, the oh, I can't remember. It's COVID. My brain has gone. Anyway, where, where these trades, tea maybe, tea making, silk making, where they kept the trade secrets closely. It says vegetable and animal oils were used with ashes of plants along with perfume, apparently for the first time. So we were looking for something began, so it means it's the first time. And the answer is perfume, another material, substance, uncountable, P-E-R-F-U-M-E. Notice it's got the magic E. You know there are these different types of spellings that they like. So in French, the word parfum would have no E and it's a false friend in many languages. So we need the E to, to, to make the sound yum instead of perfum, perfume. Um, gradually, more varieties of soap became available for shaving and shampooing, as well as bathing and laundering. So that was 37 uh, perfume. The last heading is Europe from the 17th century. Um, it says in the 1600s, cleanliness and bathing started becoming usual. And the gap we're listening for is actually 1791. And a man called Le, Le Blanc, Le Blanc invested, no, sorry, invented a way of making soda ash from something. We're looking for something he used to make soda ash. So let's go. A major step toward large-scale commercial soap making occurred in 1791 when a French chemist, Nicolas Leblanc, patented a process for turning salt into soda ash or sodium carbonate, for turning salt into soda ash. So Salt is the uncountable substance again. 
39 from the early 1800s, Chevreul turned soap making into a something. So it's not count- uncountable now. He turned soap making, ing noun form, into a something. So what kind of word are you looking there? Looking for there? Into a hobby? Something like that? And it says, modern soap making was born some 20 years later in the early 19th century with the discovery by Michel-Eugène Chevreul, another French chemist, of the chemical nature and relationship of fats, glycerin and fatty acids. His his studies established the basis for both fat and soap chemistry and soap making became a science. So there's a lot of information there about chemistry and the chemical nature and soap chemistry and soap making finally became a science. Notice this often happens. The, The answer is right at the end of the sentence. And again, why do they like the word science? Because of the spelling. Science is one of those tricky words. There's a strange rule, I before E, except after C. But there are lots of things which break that rule. I've got a list of them. So science breaks that rule because of the pronunciation. So it's S-C-I-E-N-C-E. And that's the answer for 39. Last one, 40 from the 1800s, there was no longer a something on soap. So again, looking for a countable noun, there was no longer a something on soap. I don't think you could guess this. What does it say? It says, until the 19th century, soap was regarded as a luxury item and was heavily taxed in several countries. That kind of introduces the idea it was heavily taxed. As it became more readily available, it became an everyday necessity, a development that was reinforced when the high tax was removed. Soap was then something ordinary people could afford and cleanliness standards improved. So the high tax was removed, gives us there was no longer a tax on soap. Be careful, don't write high tax. Remember, you only need one word. If you write high tax, you will lose the points, which is a pity because you've definitely got the right answer. Okay, that is it. That is part four and it's book 15, I think, test three. Um, yeah, that's it. I do apologize again for uh, being away for a while. Um, I'm back. And if you've got any requests, please do let me know. You can find all of my free tips on my website, ieltsetc.com. If you'd rather take the full listening course, just go to find the courses on my website and you'll find you can choose from all of the skills and the grammar courses or get them all in one package for one year. Let me know if you've got any questions. Thanks for listening today. Bye-bye.